Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for the Masters. Finally here, started a little slow, a three-hour rain delay early on Thursday, but we got most of round one in, and we're here to break it all down. So joining me this evening, Greg Ducharme is here. What is up, Greg? Man, this day, uh, it was not looking great at the start, but it turned out to be a pretty good one. And the forecast the rest of the way looks great. I, I do think we we're going to have enough time to um, to decide a champion come Sunday, um, at least based on the forecast. So, yeah, great day. It feels kind of like we got away with one. Mark Immelman is also here from Augusta, Georgia. Mark, long slog of a day, but we've got about 75% of a, a round at the Masters in. Pretty cool. Yeah, what up? Just two two quick things, Greg. The forecast has been wrong every day so far, so I wouldn't go with the next three. And then I got to the course before uh, in the dark today, and I got I left the course in the dark today. So yeah, it was a long day, and, and the folks out there playing, I mean, that was as easy as you'll ever see Augusta National play. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't uh, recognize the place for a little while there, the way some of the shots the guys were hitting. But you know what? It was there to be had, and and it played very well given all the rain, and and it was it was a fascinating day. Okay, so let's dive into that. We're going to talk about Tiger. We're going to talk about Bryson. We're going to talk about some guys that still have their rounds to finish. But we waited 19 months for this gentleman, and it feels like even longer than that. So I want to talk about our biggest takeaways from Thursday. Greg, is there something specific that stands out to you from our almost full round at, at Augusta? Um, well, aside from all the magnificent beauty that we saw, and we can, we, I mean, we've been diving into that for a long time and it, it's true to get to see that property without patrons is really cool. It was really unique. And I really enjoyed that. But for me, the biggest takeaway is, um, we've learned what challenges PGA tour players. And I, I, I think we've learned what makes it easy for them. So my biggest takeaway of the day is that when greens get soft, it doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter what club you're hitting into greens. It, it just doesn't matter. They'll take advantage of it. And when they miss greens, there are so many spots where players would miss greens on a side that you cannot miss on the, the place where it's really bad to hit it um, to the right of a, of a right hole location uh, on 16, like the shot Matthew Wolf hit. When the greens are soft, all of a sudden you can get away with a little bit more. So I'm looking for this uh, as this tournament goes on. If the forecast is right, Mark, I, I understand <laughs> your point there. But if we don't get any rain the rest of the way and we get a little bit of uh, the breeze picks up a little bit more, I think you're going to see this place firm up and, and the scores will not be as low as they were today throughout the rest of the week. 
Okay, so with that, with the caveat that if the forecast that we're looking at now is somewhat correct and we get a little lucky on rain and the sun starts to come out, Mark, we're going to see a bit of an evolution of Augusta National, right? It's not going to play as it did on Thursday for the rest of the week. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Just a couple of observations to that. Um, first off, they can't switch on the sub-air systems mid-round because it'll change the conditions for people that are still playing and their guys right. done. So they're going to have to wait for that for the second round. So that so that that puts down that process, puts back that process a little bit. And, and the truth about it right now is, wet as this place is, because in all of my years here, I have not seen balls just plug in their own pitch marks on greens. It just doesn't happen. And some of those observations Greg makes, where you know certain chip shots, guy, you can see guys are playing on memory, and the ball would hit check and come up twenty feet short, and then situations like I was on the A-Man corner coverage. I mean, more than one guy kept held the ball on the green left of 13's hole location, which is impossible to that front left. And then everybody left the putt short. And so that's the sort of thing where eventually, you know, the, the first few I could have given up as an aberration, but eventually I was like, okay, this is a thing now. So the golf course is even more wet than I expected. Mm. And so for me, you know, the takeaway was how the golf course played. Um, the takeaway was how, you know, people can blame mud balls, but mud if you look at, yeah, but, but you look at the scoring average, I mean, it couldn't have been that bad. Guys are absolutely shooting the grass off the place over there. And, and you talked about what the, the cut is likely to be. If it stays like this, it's moving to two under, I would expect, which is unheard of at the masters. So, uh, so, so the course is, the course was the, the course was Augusta national and it's beautiful. And it was just so serene and so surreal out there but but just the way it was playing was was something i've never ever seen i think on that property too the the amount of slope there is from and you're talking about from from one t all the way down to amen corner is is a, a bigger drop than niagara falls and with that much pitch on the property it drains very well so i imagine uh going forward here it, it is definitely going to firm up even for tomorrow from the top rope Making his late fashionable appearance to the pod is one Kyle Porter. KP, what's going on? How are we doing? What, what, what kind of takes do you need? What do you want? Uh, we want your spiciest takeaway from Thursday that is not course related. Spiciest takeaway from <laughs> Thursday. Uh, I mean, I think pretty obviously that Larry Mize is a lot better than Jordan Spieth right now. <laughs> This has been the first cut. We'll check you out tomorrow. But like, oh man, need that drop, Jacob. Where's the drop? Freaking first cut. Oh yeah. No, Thursday was great. I had a blast. It was awesome. Um, so many interesting storylines. JT is the new favorite, which is intriguing. Xander's up there. Uh, Rom kind of played his way into it. Tiger looked awesome. Um, I, it's it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> J, first off, JT's the new favorite. Did you make best friends with him on the course? Because we caught you on our monitors so close to him, guy. You, you could have reached out and grabbed his club in a, in a few practice swings I saw over there. <laughs> on, wait, on where? Uh, was it maybe on 8T? You, you were right next door to him. I was on Plus, 8T. I was on 8T watching JT, watching – I watched Rory and DJ. For, I mean, there's nobody out there. I, oh. I watched Rory and DJ on 8 and 9, and they were like – three people that were not volunteers. It was unbelievable. 
did you tell JT that you've you've got you've got a bet on him? He's going to win twenty five events in the next ten years or something silly. I'll save that until he gets to like fifteen. Or so. We we thought you were trying to get him to sign your index card. We thought you had it handy and you could add his name to it. Then you could continue to keep track. That'd be really good. If he wins twenty five uh, times, I will get him to sign that index hey, card. Hey, hey, Carl. All jokes aside, so I sit in my booth. I've got all these monitors there, and I look over, and I've got program. And there I see Justin Thomas, but in behind him, there's this dude with his green mask and a white cap. I'm like, this is Kyle Porter. I saw exactly. you more in the, in the shot than the Justin Thomas. I saw Justin Thomas, boss. There, it's hard to not be in it. There's nobody else out there. <laughs> um, you guys mentioned, make mention of the, of the leaderboard, Greg. I mean, I, I do not want to fast forward to Sunday. I want, I'm happy to drag this out as long as possible. But if, if the leaderboard looks like this, Come Sunday afternoon, I think we'll all be pretty happy. It's safe to say it's going to look somewhat like this. I mean, even you go down into some of the the guys that are at three under, some of the guys that are at two under, and everywhere you look, there's there's big names, and and you know this looking at the field. Um, and coming into the event, you had so many of the best players playing really well, so it's no surprise that on a day like this. The best players took advantage of the uh, of the conditions, and uh, is Paul Casey a predictable first round leader? Even though the first round isn't completed yet, um, no, not necessarily. But he's a great player. He was in the mix at the PGA Championship, one of his best major performances uh, just a short while ago. Uh, you got Justin Thomas and Hideki Matsuyama, who have been playing great. Uh, the The biggest surprise on the top of this leaderboard to me uh, is is clearly Tiger Woods. Uh, good segue. We'll, we'll get to Tiger Woods. Before we do that, we're very excited for the Masters. So excited. In fact, we're giving away a 55-inch smart TV. And here's what you need to know if you want a chance to win it. First of all, contest is completely free to enter. To win, go to cbssports.com slash giveaway. That link is in the description of the episode if you're watching on YouTube, as well as in the podcast description on all podcasting platforms. The contest ends November 23rd, so the winner will get to watch the next Masters, which is only five months away, in crispy high definition. Gentlemen, Tiger Woods goes out and shoots a four under 68, bogey-free. I said on HQ he was giving me the warm and fuzzies. KP, we'll start with you on this. Uh, it kind of looked effortless. I mean, it was tactical. It was It was really good. Yeah, it was. It was very easy. And, you know, he's only he's only shot 70 or better. I think it's six other times at Augusta. And in all six, he finished in the top six at the end of the week. Now, this is the I think Justin Ray said this. It's on pace to be the easiest or uh, the lowest scoring average in a round one ever at the Masters. So Mm -hmm. it's a little I mean, it's 68 to 68, but it's a little bit. okay. there's a lot of guys up there, you know, but. I think the weird part for me, and, you know, we talked about this on on Wednesday, there was no evidence of this coming in. He's not playing well. He's kind of all over the place. One thing breaks, you know, he fixes that. Two other things break. And he kind of said that coming in, and and he was even, like, kind of nostalgic. Like, oh, I might never get to take the jacket off property again. And you're like, wow, that's weird. Like, it it just – you didn't really know how it was going to go. So I, I, I was stunned not only by the 68, but how stress-free it was throughout the entire day. 
Yeah, Mark, I'm not sure how much of this you got. Obviously, you were working hard today. I'm not sure how much you got a chance to see of his rounds. But what I saw was uh, aggressive swings off the tee. I saw his distance control outside of maybe, 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 maybe very good. He was able to roll in enough putts and, and keep the round afloat and, and make a couple birdies coming in. You know, I mean, it was it was great. Yeah, I saw enough. And obviously, we're on the Amen Corner channel. So I saw him come through there, which was early in his round. And he makes a, a really comfortable par on 10. And Hits a few good shots into eleven, uh, and then makes makes the perfect birdie on uh, on thirteen, which sort of set up the day. And then from there, you accelerated, and um... and we lost him. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> so it was so good that Mark's Mark's internet or brain couldn't take it anymore. We lost the course. So I, I got a couple things on Tiger's round today. Here we too. go. Um, so. The round was easy today because he had the ball in the easiest spots on the greens and watching him in his group. It, it always seemed like, um, for instance, hole number three, he laid up, everybody was driving it up really close to that green and leaving themselves downhill putts that had a ton of break. And even though the greens may not be um, as, as speedy as they'll be come Sunday, it, it almost tricked the players at times, but tiger continuously left himself with uphill right to left putts. And he, and he put great strokes on it, but, but it was so stress-free because it was somewhat easy. So I I'm looking at this and I'm very optimistic yet at the same time, I'm a little bit cautious still because I don't think that his touch around the greens, which was my biggest question mark for him coming in. I don't think that's been tested yet. And part of that's his own doing. But there will be a time uh, as this golf course rounds into shape, as it dries out, as it gets firmer, as the ball starts to release a little bit more on the greens and as hole locations change, all of a sudden he's going to be tested with some more delicate downhill putts. And that's the thing I'm watching going forward. I don't think his touch was tested today. And I think that's part of the reason why it looked so easy. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with any of that, but I think the thing with Tiger, you kind of just have to get him to Sunday, right? We saw that last year where, he didn't even play that great on Sunday. He just kind of, he just kind of mentally played everybody else out of it. And so you've got one round down and now you got two more just to kind of get it to Sunday. And I think that, I mean, you're right. And he, and he was working on this during his practice round while I followed him on Wednesday, he was putting to all these hole locations from the middle of the green. And maybe he always does that at a guest. I haven't, I haven't followed his practice rounds a lot here, but he, he kind of did like he did exactly what you're saying on Thursday in his round, Greg, just hit to the middle of the green and, and, and made, you know, took a run at some birdie putts and, and birdied the par fives. And it sounds very easy as we talk about it, but you still have to from tee to green, you have to be really good. And the swing to me looks looks excellent right now. I agree. Um, not uh, sorry. I clicked. Uh, I lost the service. I dropped off there, but I just wanted to add about woods. Um, there's one thing about Tiger Woods' name, even though he hasn't been playing well, that he looms large on leaderboards. And he looms especially large large on a leaderboard at Augusta. And this, this is to your point, Kyle, where in the final round last year, in the final group, you knew Molinari had sort of the upper hand. He was playing better. But Tiger was just going to sort of, you know, win the war of attrition, if you will. Now, yes, the golf course may change and the golf course may expose some of the ball striking. But from what I saw... He looked like he had a lot of control. He was playing out of a lot of fairways. He was hitting the golf ball the right distance a bunch. And he didn't look, he, he didn't look anything like the guy we saw over the last two times he played. 
Mm-hmm. So he's come in here ready. He's come in here prepared. And we've said this time and time again, and we sort of say it, then we poo-poo it. And the, the, it's, the, it's a fact. The Tiger and Phil and Larry Mize and Bernard Langer and all these guys come in here. They drive down Magnolia Lane and some, something about the place flips the switch. And I, I got to just say this to you because I'm related to someone I saw this. Um, when Trevor won his Masters, he missed the cut the week before and didn't he hit the ball okay, but didn't really play very well. Got to Augusta, had a putting lesson the Monday morning. Next thing is the Masters champion Sunday evening. Anything's possible around you, and he's Tiger Woods. And and to Kyle's point too about getting to Sunday, that and to Mark's point too about how his name looms on the leaderboard when when he gets there in contention and he's wearing that Patrick Reed red on Sunday, it's going to be <laughs> uh, a, a real problem for everybody else. Yeah, the old Patrick Reed red. Uh, for if if Tiger's round was tactical and effortless and under control, Bryson DeChambeau's round was the polar opposite. He goes out on 10 gentlemen. He makes a par on 10. That probably should have been a birdie. He makes a par on 11. That probably should have been a bogey. He gets the 13. Uh, do we have to go shot by shot on this? I mean, he hits his, he hits his tee shot into the pine needles. Second shot left into the bushes. Provisional into Ray's Creek. Finds the original, but has to take it on playable. Chunks his fourth. Hits his fifth to 20 feet and two putts for double bogey. KP, that was just his first four holes. I know I was I was standing there and Mark was calling it it was uh it was a circus I mean starting on 11 it here's the thing like and and I I want to I want to talk about Greg uh, texted us something that I want to talk about but first Bryson could have been five over through like 14 what would that that'd be five holes or whatever he should have bogeyed 11 great save he could have tripled 13 if they don't find the ball. And then he pro- he could have bogeyed 14. He made a great putt there to save par as well. So, you know, I thought that he – I thought he drove it horribly. And this is where I sort of, you know, uh, Greg, can you explain your point that you texted us, Greg? Oh, let me think. What, what did I say? Um... Oh, backpedaling. You're like Dion right now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I said – I told you Bryson's style won't work at Augusta. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, that that's uh, actually completely a joke. I, I'm just jumping to early conclusions, and that was my point in this. Like, you get in here, and all of a sudden, he hits it into the trees on 11. It makes a mess of 13. And, oh, yeah, I told. see, I told you. So that was a little bit of a joke. But I really – I think what Bryson proved today is just the opposite, that this style does work because this is where the floor is. This is – it's not going to get much worse than this for him. So, I, so I, that's where I was – because I, I kind of generally agree with you. Like, I keep going back to Memorial where it didn't work. He really, like, kind of had a hard time with some of the, the short game stuff. But the, the reality on Thursday was that he drove it terribly. Like, the thing that he does best, he did horribly, at least for the nine that I watched, and yet he still somehow managed to shoot 70. So – it was it was kind of an impressive 70 which sounds weird when the scoring average is like 71 and a half and he says it's par is 67 but kind of the way he fought made some putts and then got it going late where he birdies eight and nine I, I thought it was actually a, a little bit impressive I don't know that he's gonna win the golf tournament but I, I thought it would by the way can we stop doing the thing where it's like Oh, he outdrove Larry Mize by 80 yards, but they so, <laughs> that is that get out of here with that. Like that is whatever. 
Hey, has anybody ever won this tournament shooting 70 in the first round? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Very it good. is, it is interesting. I mean, like this, I feel like this round could have easily been 66 or 76 Mark. And he, and Kyle's right. He does write the ship after, after 13, he makes birdies on 15 and 16. And then I feel like the two coming in on eight and nine, those were his final two holes of the day, uh, uh, go so much further, you know, than just, two birdies coming in to get him at two under in with how hectic that round was. He's going to, I think he's going to sleep well on Thursday night. Oh, absolutely. He did today. What great champions do. They take a bad day and they make it respectable. They take a bad day and they keep themselves in the mix. They keep themselves part of the story. And, uh, and I didn't see as much of uh, Bryson's round as what I did um, see Tiger's round. But what concerned me from the bit that I saw Bryson's round was he was missing balls left and his whole thing of late has been that he can't miss the ball to the left. Yeah. And let's just call that at any golf course. Now at Augusta national, there's one place, one side of this golf course you don't miss and that's on the left-hand side. So that makes the round today that he assembled. And that's the term I use because it's not like it was easy sledding. He assembled this round, but it was hard work, but there's clearly a little uh, hiccup. Now I don't know for certain if he was using that super long driver or if he was going with his gamer, if he was going with a gamer, then we've got issues. If, if he was going with the, uh, the long one, then I can sort of forgive that some, but I, I also don't know how much he practiced after the day. Was this one of these things like at the U S open where he was hitting balls under the spotlights at night? Um, because he'll iron it out, but missing balls left around Augusta national is not advisable. I thought it was really interesting. We'll, we'll move on to some other players here, but Mark, to your point about missing left, he took three wood on 13 and I was one, the only driver he hit before that was the one he just, that was so left. far left on 11. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering if he's like, ah, maybe I'll just hit three wood here <laughs> in case that comes out again here at 13 and I'm in real you big know, trouble. <laughs> and you know what I was, and I was on the call, right? And so, all the speculation before the tournament was where's Bryson going to drive it on 13, yeah, you know, God right. forbid kind of thing, you know, and, right. and my host uh, Grant Boone set this up. He's like, so what line is he going to take? And I'm like, well, he's got three, which is something tells me he's just trying to put one in play right now. So I did find that somewhat amusing, but again, he did what you got to do with your bad day in a major to stay relevant. Yeah. Well, with a three hour delay, gentlemen, we've got a bunch of players, basically half the field that's got to come out and play seven, eight, nine, maybe even more holes early on Friday before they go back out, play another 18. So we're going to try to get caught up at some point, but there are, there are already some low rounds developing here, Greg. I mean, Justin Thomas, five under through 10, Matthew Wolf, four under through 11, Dustin Johnson, three under through nine. I mean, there are this, this leaderboard, um, by the end of round one, there I think there's going to be some even big, bigger names injected into the top of it. Uh, the it's very, very interesting to me because you have what what happened in the afternoon round today is you got very benign conditions, very morning like conditions, with the exception of traffic being on the greens throughout the remainder of the day. But now you're going to get to go out and play for for many of the players 27 straight holes in in morning conditions, and I don't think that's a bad thing for everybody. I think um, some of the guys like a Justin Thomas, um, like a Dustin Johnson, these are the guys in the prime of their career. Ricky Fowler, even um, they're, they're not going to wear out. They're not going to be tired because they have to play 27 straight holes. And if you see one of these guys get themselves on a little bit of a run, I, I think it's one of those situations where 
They just want to keep on going and they're going to have that opportunity tomorrow. So I'm looking for a Justin Thomas to get off to a hot start tomorrow, start uh, re resuming his sec his first round and carry that right into round two. And you could see someone challenge Paul Casey's uh, lead of seven under. I just want to build on that a little bit because the point you make about the fresh greens in the morning, that's a big one. Um, because with moist greens and, and 80, 91 players, whatever it was, going through there, those things were probably getting a little chewed up from spike marks around the cups. Now, I know the players can repair those, but indentations and stuff will affect the roll of the golf ball. And it was very moist out there. So tomorrow morning, those greens will get a clip. They'll get a roll or two. So they'll be really good. And for someone who's feeling it right now, I look at um, there's DJ and I caught up with Dottie Pepper after the round. She said it's the cleanest nine holes she's ever watched him play. And I believe that. Um, Justin Thomas is going bananas like we saw. Adam Scott is cruising and he was playing beautifully for a stretch last week. These guys are in an avenue of the golf course where you get past 11. 12 is playing very receptive. 13 is a par four for them. 14 is gettable. 15 is a par four for them. These guys could really do something silly coming in tomorrow morning. And then along those lines, then they out right away. So if you get a groove going on, you can make some serious hay for about yeah, five, six hours tomorrow. Yeah, they might get 27 holes in of, of all good vibes. Somebody might make a big move. I, I, I find it fascinating, Kyle, when, when they blow the horn, and it's not a dangerous situation. And these guys can choose a, I want to play one or two more shots. I want to finish out this hole. I would watch a 10 part documentary series on like why they choose to leave some of these shots and sleep on them until tomorrow. For example, Rory's in a greenside bunker uh, for his first shot tomorrow. And like, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's fascinating what guys decide to sleep on. Yeah. That did not seem he's on the, like on the right side on 10, right? Yeah, correct. That that go ahead, Mark. Do you have something on me? Yeah, let me tell you right away. Bad lie. If he's got a bad lie, that's not getting hit. He'll hit that tomorrow when that bunk is freshly raked. Um, if you got if you got a putt on the green, you're not sure about. Like Danny Willett, we had him on twelve. He had like six feet for par. Um, Ricky was he had chopped it all over the place on twelve there, and John Augustine was in. Willett's like, I'm done. I'll mm -hmm. let you guys mow the screen in the morning. I'll practice this putt on the putting green a few times. I'll come hit it then, and then. Like for argument's sakes, if I, well, the players sort of knew because ordinarily they'll rush and someone will tee off the next hole just so you can start the hole. But I wouldn't be leaving myself with a tee shot on 12. I wouldn't be leaving myself with a difficult shot. So uh, I'm going to find something where I know it's pretty routine and I've got a good life for it. I, I think the, the biggest aspect here is I, it's a great point about the lie, Mark, for one thing, but you can practice the shot. So it's not like these guys come out cold. Uh, it's kind of this conceived notion we have when players like I remember when Brooks Kepka got to the golf course in in Memphis two years ago, 45 minutes before his tea time. And everybody went nuts like he uh, well, Brooks doesn't care. He's here 45 minutes early. Yet he's he's warming up for his round elsewhere two hours before that or more. So these guys show up to the golf course prepared and ready. And, and now all of a sudden Rory McIlroy, for instance, gets an opportunity to practice the exact shot he's going to face. Danny Willett having a six foot putt. I mean, a six foot putt is a perfect example. You're going to get fresh greens. You're not going to have any spike marks or indentations to deal with. You're going to have very clear sight of what the putt's going to do. And you can practice it right before you go.
Our friends over at William Hill have installed a new favorite uh, three quarters of the way through this first round. Justin Thomas, now the favorite, thanks to our friends at William Hill. He's five to one. Dustin Johnson, six and a half to one. Xander Shoffley, 10 to one. Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, they're both 14 to one. Kyle, is there anyone you're going to keep a close eye on, especially as we finish round one, get into round two on Friday, who might be able to make a move here? Obviously, a lot of big names lurking. Yeah, I think, I think JT is the most obvious one. I'll have to pull up the, the board here. Um, I didn't, you know, I caught him on, well, as Mark saw, I caught him on uh, seven, <laughs> seven, eight, eight nine, 10. <laughs> you stalked him all around the course. You yeah, were stalking him, man. You made a bogey. On, yeah, I saw his only bogey. You made a bogey on seven, um, which was not great. But uh, just going down, Bernard Longer, three under through 10. How about that? Always finds a way. Uh, uh, you know, DJ, DJ is scoring really well. I watched him and Rory for a while and Rory is hitting the hell out of the ball off the tee. Like he's like decently past DJ, which is crazy. And DJ is just scoring, you know, he makes the Eagle on two. He birdies eight. Uh, he kind of got up and down from, uh, yeah, he got up and down from nine fairway actually, which was, was pretty wild. Um, so yeah, DJ is somebody who you know it doesn't seem like he's ever really like led here on a uh, on a Friday night. I don't I don't know if that's actually correct. I can't remember that he has. He always seems like oh he shot sixty six on Saturday. He's kind of in it. Um, so I would love to see him lead on like a Friday night. I think that would be super interesting. So him and JT are kind of the two obvious ones if we're talking about guys that are finishing up on on uh, Friday morning. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of scrolling through the leaderboard here. And Greg, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking for some first timers because that's a topic we've been talking about a lot. Matthew Wolf, four under through 11 at quick glance. He looks to be like the highest ranked uh, debutante that I can put my eyes on. I mean, he's he's playing well. You got to wonder how he comes out with. Uh, I mean, he's got seven. He's got 25 holes to play on Friday. He just continue, and you're right, Rick. He's the he's the first timer to watch for. Although Scotty Scheffler's round to 71, I thought was solid. I think he still um, could could do something tomorrow. Uh, but but as for finishing the round, Matthew Wolf is proving to be a, a a stud in the majors, and he just keeps on contending. And mm-hmm. he, he has a lot of the advantages that a, a Bryson DeChambeau has. So I, I'm looking at Matthew Wolf, and he's in great form, and he's showing no fear. Now there's a lot of golf left to be played. It was a soft golf course today, but he took advantage and everybody's got to play the golf course that's in front of him. And Matthew Wolf did exactly that. So I, I would expect him to continue that tomorrow. Real quick. I was thinking about this today. You know, I, I listened to this podcast with Jeff Ogilvy earlier in the week, and he was talking about how Augusta is a place where you can like, sometimes it's pretty easy to make pars but it gets really hard to make birdies and, and trying to make birdies leads to bogeys. And you heard Bryson talk about that a little bit, even on 13, he said, I just, I'm greedy. I got greedy. So I guess my question, and maybe it's for you, Greg, is why do you not see these guys like DJ and like some of the, some of the bigger hitters just try to par the par threes and par fours and not take chances there. And then just try to birdie every par five. Like, and I know that's a, that's an oversimplified strategy, but does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. When you, um, when, when you hit your tee shot on 15, cause you played there, what did you, what, what were you thinking when you got to the top of the hill and you're getting ready to hit your second? Were you thinking if I lay up, I'm going to make, this is what I was thinking. 
I was thinking this, right? <laughs> okay. But That's you're going for it right there. <laughs> the, the flag is the flag is very uh, attractive to a PGA tour player. And if you had, you, you may be thinking eight <laughs> um, and maybe you're just far too much of a realist, but if you're Dustin Johnson or uh, a Rory McIlroy or a, one of these players, you have, you have the most confidence in yourself of anybody. I mean, I, I can hit the ball where I want to hit the ball. So I want to hit it close to the hole. And I, I think that's one thing. And it takes a, a lot of discipline. I think it takes a reliable, strong voice of a caddy sometimes with some of these guys to make you uh, kind of tame yourself. But it puts too much pressure on the par fives with that strategy. You have to be able to get a bonus here or there. You got to give yourself the opportunity to make a putt on some of these par fours and par threes. And, and the other thing I would say, lastly, I would bet they're a little bit more conservative in their strategy than you think. Yeah. It's just, you don't always hit the ball exactly where you want, right? Yeah. I'm going to hit it at that tower. It doesn't mean it's going to go there. Sometimes you pull it at the flag or pull it to the short side and it's, it's a mistake, not in strategy, but in technique. So there's a lot of factors there, but the biggest one is their self-belief, their self-belief, their self-confidence. And often that's what gets them in the position where they are in the world golf rankings. That's what gets them into the masters in contention and stuff like that. Just to that real fast to that point. Uh, and then I want to bring up a player that no one's mentioned just yet. The, the way the golf course is playing right now, Typically, threes on threes and fours on fives is a strategy at any tournament, especially the majors. So playing aggressive on fives is how you kind of make your hair. Heck, Tiger Woods did this his entire career. He'd pick off the par fives, pick up a bonus somewhere else. That's 68. You do that four times. That's 16 under. You're probably winning. Um, so, so with the course being so wet and receptive, the things have changed. I mean, I was watching guys, you know, hit long irons into holes that were stopping by their ball mark. Uh, that's unheard of in a major championship. That's number one. And then number two, yeah, yeah, I would think that the way JT is going along right now, he should be the favorite. But I find this curious because you've heard the cliche, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, I, right now, if, if did any of you, any of you watch the way Paul Casey played around a place that he always plays very well? Anybody? This dude, uh, yeah, I, I watched it. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Floor, it was spotless, and he was hitting the ball perfectly. And this is a place he's played well before. He's had chances to win around here, so he knows this golf course like the back of his hand. He is so well equipped for what's upcoming, and he's playing well. He didn't stumble to sixty-five today. Uh, I, I would, I would keep an eye on the Englishman. I really would if I was all of you guys. All right. Well, it, it was a long day of golf on Thursday. It'll probably be another long day of golf on Friday, so we can try to get caught up. Mark, Justin Thomas, he's coming right for you early uh, early tomorrow morning. Amen Corner. You'll see him bright and early. Man, we've got them in the wheelhouse. We've got, uh, we, we've got Adam Scott on 11 green. Uh, we've got JT right in behind there. I think he missed the fairway left. And then Dustin Johnson, Johnson, Rory company on 10. So yeah, we, we've got action early over there and, and I'm looking forward to it. We've got action early. We've got action late because we'll be back tomorrow live on YouTube. You can follow Mark Immelman on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Big thanks to Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. Thank you, Greg Ducharme, who you can find at The Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut and we'll catch you next time.
You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.